morning. Welcome to today's WGO podcast. Reading uh, the new map by Daniel Jurgen, and it's yet another recent book that I've come into contact with and listened to that uh, is continuing to uh, describe and map out the new reality of the world that we all live in and that we all need to be aware of and we all need to make our decisions, be it for ourselves or our families, our kids, our institutions, education and such. It needs to be done good morning, within this framework of the new reality of the, of the world, you know. And basically it's boiling down to there's a, a polarization, two, two choices. And it, you know, it's, it's a broad statement, but it, it's, it's, it, it encompasses quite a bit. Okay, so first duality is the U.S.-China. So in terms of economic power, technological, scientific and technological development, and leadership, you basically have uh, the U.S.-led, you know, the West broadly, um, and you have China. China has continued to push forward and push the frontiers on every uh, frontier of science and technology. They are more than capable of doing everything themselves, and they're pushing ahead with AI, robotics, cutting-edge transports, uh, cutting-edge energy solutions, you name it. Uh, they also have a massive Belt and Road Initiative, which has their tentacles far-reaching across all the Eurasian landmass, all the way into Europe, and all the way into Africa, and through India, you know, all the large, the bulk of human human population, and the bulk of human resources. You know, a big, big chunk. They they are connected and, and and continuing to weave themselves into this new reality. And most people in our country don't even don't even know that that's happening. Most folks in this country do not know that China, depending upon the measurement, is already the world's largest economy. In some measurements, it's still the United States, barely. Other measurements, depending on how you look at it, it's already China. And it certainly will be China as the pattern continues to unfold. There's just more people and larger markets. Other things, too. But, so, U.S.-China, you have to understand that these are the two main economic powers. And that gets into the second prism from which you can look at it that creates some of the problem. The problem is this. You have this authoritarianism, authoritarianism, I'm tripping on that word lately, but basically big government or a party or a group augmented and fortified massively with all this fancy information technology that we all love. This enables intelligence services and secret police and other non-official uh, surveillance state entities to keep any challenges to power in check. And it, it, it has already been deployed and being used in places like China and Russia. And I just got done this morning listening to and uh, reading a little bit about the Syrian one. They had you know, 14, 15 or so different intelligence agencies 
again, augmented with IT and friends that do this. So it's not just their IT investments and their surveillance state investments. It's having powerful friends such as Russia and China and others that provide backup or provide yet another piece of the mesh network to ensnare whomever challenges the authority. And, you know, it's pretty alarming because you can, if you really look objectively at this, it's not hard for a small group of humans with the will and the mentality to run buckshot on the, on the, on the 99% others or 98% of others. And they are not only armed with the best weaponry and best systems and, and unlimited supplies of ammunition and unlimited uh, supplies of money and financing, which can be used to buy soldiers and mercenaries and dipshits who will take up arms and attack their fellow man in these different situations. It's, it's not hard at all to get to a pretty dark dystopian place. So that's one very real trend, unfortunately. It's a, an authoritarian, I'm going to use authoritarian governmental structures because I'm just tripping on the word Author, uh, authoritarian, authoritarianism, I think. I have to play with that. Yeah, I told you, I'm a dipshit too. All right, so the authoritarian government model bolstered and fortified with information technology in the surveillance state which is the government or committee or Politburo, whatever you label you want to put on the group running shit. They make a plan, they move things in a direction, and if anyone or anything attempts to complain about it or get in the way or stir up opposition or rebel, immediately and swiftly dealt with, and it's not even something they allow to become a movement. They could see people like me a mile away and ride up and pick you up and take you to a camp, a prison, or worse. Not hard. The alternative to that is something I'm labeling loosely as us, the American model. And you could say the West, or you could say democracies. Uh, but I think those are misleading, because democracy implies the rule of the majority, majority rule. And there's a lot of people right now in 2021 that are advocating, you know, wide open democracy. Everybody gets a vote. It goes where it goes. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, and there's some racial undertones to why it's not like that already. Um, and, you know, it goes back to the founding of the country where people were afraid of, and part of the reason was what was going on in the French Revolution and stuff. And they were afraid of, the hordes, the mob, the population getting too much power and having too much say because it threatened um, it threatened the order. Everybody who you know had property or was creating things realized it could all be torn down and they could be it just you end up with chaos is what is what the French Revolution and that period of time showed the founding fathers of our country. So there was a lot of fear and there's a lot of reason why things were designed the way they were to keep it from being just bare naked democracy. Um, you know, I think it plays out too in this modern time that everybody is getting their information from these different silos. So it's very easy to manipulate you know, tens of millions of people 
and funnel them into a voting. And when they really, the voters are voting for something and they've been misinformed, misled, could be domestic or uh, foreign in terms of the misinformation campaign. But long story short, they're misled, now they're voting, and they're putting in power things that they don't even really understand and haven't invested time to try to understand. So, you know, you, you really, to be, if you care about what we have right now, you know, the status quo, the way things are in America, if you like the way our life has been with its bounty and its opportunity, we're not going to get into the inequality yet because I'm, I myself am there. I, I, I feel it just as bad as anybody listening to this podcast. I, I get it, man. We got to work on a lot of stuff and a lot of people are getting completely, completely screwed and put in impossible economic situations where they're working for, you know, 15 bucks an hour or so. No chance in hell of making ends meet. And it, and it I, over time, as you continue with that life for a while, and it chews you up and spits you out, you do get angry. And you start looking for solutions that may or may not be good for everybody else and may not be good for the world. So, again, that's why I don't really want to use the word democracy because democracy gets a little bit complicated in that you really can't have bare naked democracy if the population is not willing to be literate and invest time in understanding history and perspective and some way to filter out all the misinformation, all the propaganda, again, be it foreign or domestic, people with hidden agendas that are going to come in and try to build and ensnare blocks of voters to serve their interests. And the, and, the, and the fools, again, because they're unable and unwilling to invest in learning the truth of things themselves, they end up being, uh, you know, they think, they think they're voting for their team. And in fact, they're just voting for a worse version of what today is. So, again, we have one side. Uh, I'm going to say the Chinese model of authoritarian governments, one-party systems, one group of experts that run and finance all the science and technology initiatives and are, uh, you know, hardened by all the world's greatest IT and surveillance state technologies that enable them to not really have any resistance at all. It's very, very difficult. I mean, in China, you can't even use Google and Facebook, is my understanding. You can't even organize or try to find more factual information. It's all filtered to give you the story they want to give you versus us. The American-led model will slap a better name on it. I like the idea of forming this into a movie called Echo Pragmatism. It just kind of makes us not so much ideologues, you know, waving flags around and more like, well, we don't want to be like that. I don't know what this us is going to look like in its entirety because it's not totally planned, certainly not very well led, not very organized, atop of an ocean of ignorance. We don't know where it's going, but we know we don't want that, you know, pointing to the authoritarianism and, you know, big government, big state, big surveillance state type model. So I would offer that that's where our work is. I think we should learn from everybody. You know, take the good even from the systems that are, are opposed to what we think we want. In other words, yeah, some of the five-year planning of China 
and kind of having our leadership instead of squabbling and fighting and being thrust back and forth every two or three years and not really getting anything done, maybe we attempt to uh, forge five-year plans at the government level, not letting government become the only thing in town. You know, I've previously, in the humanomics project that I've, you know, I apologize it's not published yet, but humanomics says, let's have an arbitrary cap of about 30% of GDP that can go to government to keep it in check. Let's not let government get bigger than that, but let's absolutely, as a people, insist that government lead. And government leads by a distillation of all human activity and, and thought so you can take that China notion of thinking big. You know, they're doing, they do five-year plans. They want to be the world's leader or world-class. And they've labeled out 10 different technology sectors. You know, they do encompass basically the bulk of all science and technology today. You know, you, when you roll up all your physics and chemistry and biology and genetics into things like artificial intelligence, robotics, um, you know, materials research, et cetera, et cetera, you, you, you kind of sweep it all up and you've got this small list of things that the people are like, yes, we do want to be, we need to be, it's not even a want to be, we need to be, in order to protect our freedoms, we need to be world-class in these 10 sectors as well. And in terms of big Belt and Road Initiative, we should have done that a long time ago. I mean... We have the Western Hemisphere, and you know, in the American potential sphere of influence. And oh, by the way, sphere of influence cannot mean what it did historically, which is colonization and exploitation, and basically getting our rich folks in bed with the rich folks or the thugs in these other areas to create industries and create wealth that trickles to this small sliver, where the bulk of the people, population, be it here or there, are just not even not even aware that it's going on, much less a part of it. Part of benefiting from it can't be that. I'm, I'm talking about leadership, beacon of hope, beacon of light that will pull in and gravitate like flies to a light, like you know, like uh, moths to a flame or whatever moths to a light. That's more what I mean by the Western Hemisphere being led by uh, you know by America. We're, we're, we're we are we did that. When we started our country, we took what we liked about where we came from, all over the world, largely Europe, Western Europe. We distilled it and we made it better. We improved upon it and we put in checks and balances so that we wouldn't have some of what the, flaw, the flaws of that system. In other words, a big church or even, you know, big government back then. We were trying not to have a big king government, you know. So let's do that. It's time to revisit that again. And we need to revisit periodically. Right now take the best of the world, bring it in here to our country, provide leadership in the forms of a, of a beacon of light so we, are, we will be and are the leader in tech and science, always. Others can be at that level, but we're there too. And, and it's by design. It's what our government spends time doing and allocating funding for that. And squabble over, you know, <laughs> lesser issues and distraction issues. Like, if we're sitting here fighting over an infrastructure bill that's not even close to being belt and road and scope and scale and thinking. And we need a belt and road for the Western Hemisphere. We need to extend to our friends, all in this hemisphere, world-class air, ground, 
shipping, if it makes sense to tunnel for high-speed ground transport, whatever it needs to be. Let's have fun with it. Let's make it beautiful. Let's add to it the new thing I've been mentioning, biking slash walking slash e-bike paths along both sides of every road in this hemisphere, certainly America, so that people don't have to be in a car or truck. They can walk, ride an e-bike, ride a bike, whatever, you know. I do that because it's cool, it's fun, it provides a quality of life, and it makes us competitive, and it gives us this bulkhead. You know, it becomes an attractive alternative to an authoritarian government that will inevitably become so powerful that it will oppress or scare or rob the bulk of humanity out of anything. Hell, it may even kill them off. If it get it threatened enough, you know, we saw with the, the coronavirus last year, the potential, it should have awakened in all of you, all of us, this potential of cleaning house or thinning the herd doesn't need to be anything like it was in the past where you got to go into places and shoot or kill or round people up. No, you can unleash a silent thing that could target, you know, take take things out. This is what, these are the kind of horrific dystopian nightmares we get in. If we do not start thinking bigger, we need to have the right perspective. I strongly, you know, advocate everybody start with big history. You know, I mentioned the David Christian 18-minute TED Talk. It's not the most detailed thing, but it's a good starting point for what I'm talking about when I say big picture, have the right prism right out of the gate, this big uh, perspective awareness of the, of the entirety of our galaxy to the extent we can know it, and our solar system, and our planet, and our evolution on this rock. And then from there, from that big history perspective, and realizing that all of our fancy science and technology really came into being the last 500 years. Every, this, this road that I'm walking alongside of, this material, this concrete, that asphalt, that paint, those plastic reflectors, that electrical system over there, that box, a transformer, okay? All of this stuff, last 500 years, didn't exist before that. So imagine the potential of the next 500 years if we can say, okay, let's use humanomics to make life less sucky and provide a very easy American middle-class lifestyle for humanity. You know, figure it out, do it here. The numbers work. We harness our industry that encompasses our science and technology to serve that first goal of making life less sucky for the people. You have five-year plans at the government level or something along those lines. It doesn't have to be called that, but something where we're agreeing, yeah, let's do a big infrastructure thing. Let's do it here and let's offer it to the hemisphere to tie it all together economically and by providing leadership here and a big vision that makes life less sucky then of course over time providing there's freedom and people have access to the information and we do a good job of course the countries that are basically failed states south of our borders that are having tremendous economic challenge and 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 and, and, and you know tremendous economic uh, pain and suffering of the people. Of course, they'll want to do it because we 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 offer a solution that doesn't. We, we can offer a solution that doesn't threaten the status quo. It doesn't threaten those that are in power or have money now. They won't have to fear this giant, bloody civil war, revolutionary type thing. No, it's more okay. 
So we got this far. We're kind of bored now, getting itchy. If we're not careful, we could stray into yet another authoritarian government emboldened by IT. I mean, we're, we're dancing with that now. This whole thing, you know, say what you will about the, the Trump movement. You know, there's uh, a couple sides to that. Uh, you know, it, but what it should have done is, is show people and start to shine the light on, woo, be it Team R, Team R, Team D, or Team Blue, Team Red, be it Trump or whomever else. Better be careful, because I can see how people can be, uh, be both sides of the aisle, manipulated, misled, mobilized, agitated, energized to embolden powers that could basically be one step away turning on you. But we don't want the U.S. to become yet another authoritarian. How you doing today? not too bad today. The breeze is good. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good morning. We don't want it to become yet another uh, authoritarian government because then it's just yet another locked-in power base. It locked in wealth. It locks in whoever's at the table gets gets to run. and It doesn't leave much for everybody else. And it doesn't leave room to do much about it once it's, once it's turned that corner. It's very hard to take that shit out by the root. So, leave you with that. You need to really start thinking. I mean, look, I like to learn, okay? I'm not bragging. It's not an ego thing. It's not a narcissistic thing. It's, you know, whatever the fucking people say. No, it's not that. It's, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm wired as a, a, a seeker. I'm trying to understand things. Um, I'm, I'm willing to let go of something that may be true today for something that's changed and true to tomorrow. And... I like to do it, and I stay doing it. If you don't have time, or you're just not inclined, or you just can't, you're not wired that way, let me cut to the chase with it. You need to understand China, because it's economically where the power has got has gravitated towards. You need to understand that China is not like us, and that they are an authoritarian regime, meaning one group, one party. Let's say Team Democrat or Team Republican finally got one up on the other team, and then they dig in the tentacles with IT to start to actively... Uh, oppress and remove and jail and kill and and you know defang any opposition. That's what I mean by that. It's like the party gets the upper hand and doesn't let go because it's 2021 and it's easy to dig in, dig in hard, dig in in subtle ways that you may not even realize you've been dug upon. Like you know, you may think like, oh, yeah, she's good, you know. <laughs> And not realize that you're just a tool. You're just a fucking another piece of the pie. If you ever, as long as you play games and you get your little crumbs and you get your little fucking salary, then nobody says anything and it looks like everything's great. It's the sheen of everything's okay. But in reality, you don't have a choice. Because if you say, wait a minute, why are we doing it this way? Or whatever. In those authoritarian governments, they yank your your card. You're done. You're done. They'll go re-educate your shit. Okay? That's what goes on. So, leave it with that. You need to understand China... And us. Us, you, probably a little easier to explain that as us as the West, which is even a weird word because that includes Japan, obviously. India, it looks like different parts of Africa. And then the United States, Canada, and Western Europe. Generally, this is kind of the West or us. And that's the other thing. I don't want to encourage, I caught myself just then. we got to be careful with us versus them. Okay, 
this is not a racist or a um, uh, again ego thing or forceful thing. It's not like that. It's an acknowledgement that that is already they them in this case already. Good morning. Is already aligned and is already solidified an authoritarian regime that has information technology and is using it and its intelligence services and surveillance state apparatus to oppress dissension, anybody that dissents. You have to understand that's the reality. It's not something that's going to happen. It's not something that you hope doesn't happen. It's already here. So that's what I mean by us as them, is that if, if you don't want that, and I don't know why you would want that, that's disturbing if you would want less freedom and you would want to have your curriculums and your access to world information and your window to the world to be governed, regulated, moderated by some group of people, some group of humans, which again, over a hundred years, if you don't stop this, it won't even be humans. It'll be, you'll be presented your sliver of perspective by AI, by the machine, because it'll be automated. Your curriculum will be in a database somewhere and that'll be what it is. And it'll be presented to you through the shows you watch, the films you watch, the music you listen to. It'll all be oriented in this one direction. Or us, which is this loose confederation of thought, idea, scrabbling, fighting parties, nasty, hard to agree on anything that can do better. And it still is malleable. It still is something that can be changed uh, fought against, rebelled, protested. You're still allowed to do things like this. Hit, hit record and do a podcast. And anybody new to the show, I don't do sitting at a desk with fancy microphones. And, you know, I don't have the luxury, economic luxury, to just sit there and do this the way everybody else is doing it. I do this on a morning walk, hence the huffing and puffing. And... I have to do it this way to get it done, to fit it in my life. And it's important to do this work. I don't get paid to do this work. I would ask you to support the podcast on Patreon, by the way, if you can. I'm going to knock the entry down to a dollar. and I think I'm going to have a one dollar, a five dollar, and then a, something bigger for people that have deep pockets and want to help me do this type of work. You're supporting the freedom of thought and freedom of, uh, you know, freedom initiatives like this. I'm not, you know, obviously I'm part of a constellation of people doing this sort of thing. So again, takeaway, China, us, China, America, China, the West, China equals, or just the icon, the poster child of authoritarian government with a massive technologically advanced surveillance state to oppress any dissension or us, which hasn't quite got all the way there yet, but we're, we're, we're playing with it because we're not very smart and we're unwilling to be smart and we're being highly manipulated. So take care. Be good. Love you.